0: Welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. It's Thursday night, so it means I'm joined by Super Mac and John Gibson. Good evening, lads.
1: Hi, Steve. Hi, Good evening. Hi,
0: John. Good to see Hi, you, guys. Man. And uh, as always, we're here to talk about the last seven days at Newcastle United. But Malcolm, uh, you've had a, a little bit of mail come in this week.
1: I have, yes. Um, a bit of fan mail. Um, it's actually uh, from Paul Foster. Um, and... And he said, sorry for the direct message, but I'm wondering if you can do me a big favour. My dad was taken to hospital in the early hours of last Saturday morning after his heart defibrillator kicked in and uh, chest pains. Um, uh, uh, He said that uh, Newcastle United do that to all of us after Friday night's game. Uh, (laughs) I don't think he's exaggerating. Um, He said, we're massive fans of Newcastle United. the, and the NUFC Matters show. Uh, Liam, on a, 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 on a Tuesday, three amigos in Gibbo, Super Mac, both my parents watch it re- religiously, and it keeps us going, dreaming of the takeover. Uh, I'm wondering, he says, if you could arrange for Super Mac to say hi and get well to my dad this week. Well, his dad is Harry Foster. So uh, certainly, Harry We we hope that you feel A lot better very, very soon Um, Although I'm sure that Newcastle results aren't going to be helping you much He's out of
0: hospital, Mal Which is good news, I got word today Um, He's out of hospital He is is on the men So uh, yeah, get well soon, Harry And uh, thanks to you and your your good lady For uh, you know, watching us and supporting the show—we uh, we're doing it throughout the whole lockdown period just to help Newcastle fans. Really, we never intended to do anything else with it, but it's been a big success. But we do we do rely on viewers like you, so uh, get well Absolutely. soon. Absolutely, let's hope. Yeah, oh,
1: uh, right. What Paul has um, further said is that both my parents were at Hillsborough in 1974. Brilliant. Yes, FA Cup semi-final, of course. Um, he said, and my dad went to all the games in that cup run. Wow. West Brom away is legendary in the Brazil kit. Oh, what a performance that was! Oh my word, one of the, that was one of one of the t- maybe top three performances that I played in. Absolutely brilliant, and the and the irony of it was that Jimmy uh, that Jimmy Smith came on as a substitute. Terry Hibbett yeah. got. Injured right at the very beginning of the game And Jimmy Smith was the sub He came on And he just ran the show For the whole of the 85 remaining minutes He yeah. was absolutely outstanding and brilliant um, uh, And made the first goal uh, Which I scored um, And his cross just came across like an, an exocet missile um, and uh, and then uh, um, all three forwards scored in the three nil win. So uh, that's always a nice way to do it, isn't it? You know, when everybody in your forward line scores. We we we've got a forward line that can't score from anyone.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, thanks for that. Good luck to Harry and uh, his recovery. Yes, um,
1: Harry, but, but, glad to hear that you're. You're out of hospital and obviously on the mend.
0: The email email has been busy this week, Um, John. uh, Just a a little tester for you here. Um, Who's this goalkeeper?
2: There's a good old question. I would uh, without. (laughs) You should should know. you should know this person, John. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. I was going to say I think he's sitting in between us, but I (laughs) can't remember (laughs) ever playing in goal. There you go. All right.
0: Who's that? Hey. It's Mal. That's what right. I said. I think you said what on, on earth you doing in the net? Malcolm, what are you doing?
1: It was uh Fulham Reserves at home to Southampton Reserves and 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 our goalkeeper got injured and and had to uh go and get treatment, go off to the hospital or something. And uh and so they chucked me the green shirt. And I'll put it on And only let in one goal Well,
2: John, what was the score? i tell you what i tell I'm you what one two, one. Well, Sorry, I'll tell, John i tell you one thing, Malcolm I, I remember when uh, Alan Shearer had a trial at Newcastle as a school kid And he played in goal um, I'm What, goal of the trial? I in the trial, they had nobody to play in goal So he played in goal and amazingly, wow. they didn't—they didn't keep Monaco's. <laughs> but I'm—I'm I'm not for great number nines making goalkeepers. So I think you've got to leave them at number nine. But uh, yeah, shearers she trial at Newcastle as a school kid was in goal. Yeah, it's online, funny. We yeah. had Alan on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he um, he came
0: on. He came back. He promised to do a Q and A. He did one. It's um, yes. it, it's profiled on the playlist. And uh, yeah, I asked him about it, and he said, "Look, everybody had a go goal, but it is true. He did he did have to take his turn." But uh, yeah, fascinating story, and um, you know, one which uh, which is you know everybody everyone's heard many 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 times. There's another question, Gibbo, come in for you actually from Paul Heppelwhite. He says, "Gibbo, right. going back to Ian McFall's tenure." He says, "I've often wondered if he'd have turned it round. I know we got stuffed off Coventry City, but we just beat Liverpool, of course." Mirandina uh, scoring that penalty at uh, the uh, the cop and wheeling away and throwing a few obscenities, if I remember rightly. Um, I think he was very unlucky. What's your thoughts on on Willie McFalls' managerial uh, reign at St James's?
2: Well, uh, yes, I, th- I think he was unlucky. Can you? I mean, you know, when you get a, a fabulous result like winning at Liverpool and then a it- a couple of games later He yeah, sacked or a game later when we played Coventry. It reminds me a little bit of when Chris Houghton if you remember, uh beat Liverpool 5-1 when a certain Mr. Bruce was in the dug dugout, I believe, that, uh, That's right. that day. And but and within two or three weeks Chris Hought had gone. Um, but I mean, yes, he, he, he was he was unlucky. Um But I always remember, because Willie was a good friend like Malcolm and that and you know him well I always remember phoning him up on the morning it was announced he'd got the job as first team manager because he'd been there for 20 years or whatever because he'd been a player and goal reserve team coach, first team coach um, and then eventually when Jack and everybody went he'd become the first team manager and I phoned him up and said pal uh, I just thought I'd give you a bell to tell you This is uh, one day closer to getting the sack I said you had a job for life until you take the first team And when you take the first team Like everybody else, you're on a downward slope You can count the days down till you get the sack Even Cluffy got the sack at Leeds United at one stage Once you're manager of a first team you're, you're beginning to be on that road down And he had a laugh about it, etc "Um." He took over at a tough old time at Newcastle Because it was in the middle of something we'd already Talked about, Steve, if you remember Which is the famous selling of the The three amigos, the original three Super what uh, Waddle, BAT and Gascoigne um, And he came, that had started with Waddle and the Big Jack And ended up with, with Gaza and Willie, of course But uh, that was going down that slope and. That was always going to end in tears So he was unlucky and he might well have turned it round And he probably deserved that chance But hey-ho, I told him, stay first team coach Never take first team manager because you're closer to the sack And sure enough, there we go
1: It was such short-sightedness, wasn't it, John? Hmm. You know, the the fact that Waddle and um, Gascoigne left You build a side around players like that, you don't get rid of absolutely.
0: Yeah, I mean, history history repeating itself, Malcolm, because they got rid of you. You know, you you left the club. They brought in a manager who hadn't really got a clue what he was doing, and um, you know, they they got rid of you. My dad never went back, Malcolm, after you left.
2: Mm -hmm. Didn't
0: go back till
1: 1991 when I got him to go back. So many people have said that to me.
2: Uh, it, I, w- I wish Malcolm right hadn't there. come back. I wish Malcolm hadn't come back to St James's Park because he come the, the following season and haven't scored a hat trick for Arsenal down there. Scored up here and then he come back as manager of Fulham up here and and they put a hatful past us. So the swine kept coming back. <laughs> uh, Good
1: stuff. But, uh,
2: I
0: was asked to I was asked to share this photograph because you, you remember we talked about the Cluffy video uh, last <laughs> week, John. Uh, the, the yeah, one that was. Doing the rounds And uh, I was just asked a question on these trousers um, Some Bobby Dazzlers there by the way
2: I don't think there's anything wrong With Doug Wetherill's trousers If I'm perfectly <laughs> truthful <laughs> <laughs> Hey in those days In those days You had sailors trousers mate There were they were bell bottoms There were flares uh, I mean yeah. there's an awful lot wrong long with that um, Shirt you could think as well Because in the high wind that would take off but uh, in, <laughs> in those days, it was pretty cool Now it looks absurd And if I had them on now, I would be ridiculous But in those days, that was Mr Cool, believe it or not Did you get them from Malcolm's shop? Well, well, no, because didn't we have somebody on the show That said all Malcolm's trousers just disintegrated When you wore them or something Can you remember that guy <laughs> coming <laughs> off? So, heard, yeah, yes, I do. The actually, guy who sent us the
0: dictionaries, yeah, the diaries. I in mean.
2: truth, in truth, I got an awful lot of my gear at, at Malcolm's shop because it was the trendy place to be, and, and me and him were the kiddie Winkies in those days.
1: <laughs>
2: yes, and it was
1: good quality, I have to say. Oh, it um, was. It was
2: ex- good, good stuff. Yeah. Good, good stuff.
1: Paul's yeah. also okay.
0: asking, did you ever speak to Mark Wallington after that goal Malcolm? Did you ever cross paths with Mark Wallington again And did he ever
1: talk about that goal that you scored past him? No, no Never spoke a word about it Well he wouldn't The Leicester goal you're talking of That's the one um, Yeah
0: Lots of people talking about the England team selection Um, Obviously the international selection Lee Taylor wants to know what your guys' thoughts are On uh, Gareth Southgate's comment That if Carl Darlow was still featuring as our main keeper this season that he would have been in the England squad instead of Johnston um, Malcolm thoughts on that
1: um yeah I suppose you have to be in the in the first team to justify um, a selection but I think it's incredibly harsh um what has happened to dalla I really do um, and and he can now say well Leaving me out after uh, he, he got caught on his near post Once And and was dropped um, And the guy that came in After him Dubravka, He got beat on his near post First game um, and, uh, and And nothing was done about it So I think it was just Purely the preference of Steve Bruce That put Dubravka in I thought it Terribly harsh, very, very harsh indeed on um, on poor um, Darlow, and uh, he's on hearing that he would have been in the England squad, he would be absolutely livid and furious, and I and if I were he, I would have gone and confronted Steve Bruce about it and had a serious, serious rut
0: what about you, Gibbo? I mean, Carl I it, it, it was always going to happen that Dubravka was going to get back in at some point It's just unfortunate that it's affected Dalo's chance
2: of an England call-up Oh, from Carl's from point of view, it was so unfortunate, it was absolutely untrue Because he'd, he'd been sensational When you've got a goalkeeper like Dubravka behind you with what he'd achieved in the past year You always know that a manager... Is going to get the flaps on at some stage Whether it's justified or not When you're winning two In 19 or two in 17 Or whatever it was at that stage And it's going to go back to To the original situation But yes, it was Awful for Caldaro And of course the situation For Newcastle United now Is that come the end of this season Which we can't Contemplate yet Because we don't know What the end of the season Is going to bring But There's going to be A whole situation At Newcastle Isn't there If Dubrovka Is the number one Keeper As he is now Does Karl Stay Or does he say I've proved myself in the Premier League, I'm going to go and get regular first-team soccer And then what do you do with Freddie Woodman, who comes back from Swansea, haven't been quite sensational And might yet take them up? is he willing to come back to be number three? Well, no, he wouldn't do that, but would he come back even to be number two? so there's a goalkeeping situation to work out But before that, there's a situation with the whole club to work out, of course Which division are we playing in? Are we staying and playing in the top flight? Are we playing Sunderland and in Middlesbrough in the championship next season?
0: Okay, uh, lots of questions coming in we'll, we'll keep going with it because there's a lot of people wanting to know uh, stuff uh, James Brown, uh, he says Evening, guys, I've just read the article in the Chronicle about Newcastle United's top five horror challenges In your opinions what is the worst challenge that you've seen in a Newcastle match? That's a good one. That. Um, what What's the worst oh, cool. worst challenge you've I'm, seen in in your day, Malcolm? Uh, oh, oh. I, I, I never like saying that. I always feel it's a bit disparaging. But you know, you played in the you know you played in the seventies. Ultimately, it, is there a challenge that comes across? And it? it was a different game in those days as well, of course.
1: Yeah, yeah, there is one. Um, uh, we we found ourselves in the situation. Playing Birmingham City five times in a month Yeah, you remember this, John and I thought
2: you might mention this one Absolutely, yeah, yes
1: We we, And we played at St Andrews And, and it was getting exceedingly physical Irving Natris was carried off um, and, and then I got injured I was injured as well um, And I... Uh, um, I can't remember whether I came off Or whether I carried on to the end But I but I couldn't play in the following match In fact, I was in a plaster cast So uh, um, I think it, it, it was a, a, um, a, 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 a ligament injury in the knee Anyway, it had got seriously rough And Jimmy Smith was in the side
0: the... Oh, we've lost him! Whoops!
2: Now the it dog was barking break. earlier.
0: The dog was barking earlier, John.
2: I, I heard that. I heard that. So I think the is that, dog's there he, is. there. he is. There he's he back. is. He's back
0: He's back. He's, back. Oh, he's, it... he's hit the dog. He's kicked the dog out. He, it's bitten yeah, the wire yeah, or something.
1: I think he's gone on his bed. If he All comes right, he's across. Got... <laughs> I'll lift him up so that everybody can see who we're talking. about <laughs> <laughs> Go on, um, we, you, we didn't miss okay. him. and it was it was a, a night game, and and Tony Want was the six for Birmingham, and he went into a tackle with Jimmy Smith, who went right over the top. I was sat because I had a plaster cast on. There was nowhere really in the stand for me to sit, so I'd gone right up the top. To where the press box was on the, on the roof of the main stand And I, and I was in the press box and it, and it was so high, it couldn't have been further away from the incident Which was right down by the corner flag And the, the sound of the, of, of the breaking bone was unbelievable It was like a rifle shot and uh, and Tony Wan, bless him, um, ex-Spurs player, uh, he he hadn't been one of the guilty party, but I don't think it mattered to Smithy, Jinky. Um, it was if you're wearing a blue shirt, I'm having you uh, That was his attitude, and um, uh, uh, and he just and he literally snapped the fella's leg in half, um, and having done it, just turned round and walked up the track and down the tunnel. Um, And and never looked over his shoulder to see if the referee was sending him off He just knew he was being sent off And uh, away he went Uh, uh, That was just about the worst I've I've, uh, seen,
0: I think What about you, John? Same question
2: yeah, that would that would have been my answer initially I would um, Before I saw Malcolm's face and Malcolm saw mine And we both knew that we were talking about the same thing I mean, there's, there's obvious things and it's off the top of your head And it's fascinating and it's interesting And immediately two things that jumped to mind for me Was career-ending tackles And um, And Jeff Allen was done at Forest when having had the fabulous um, first ever Newcastle game in Europe Against Fionnod when he ripped them to bits Within a couple of weeks we played Nottingham Forest We played them at Notts County, not at Forest Because there had been a fire at the Forest ground Was temporarily closed down And we played at Notts County and Hindley cleaned them out And... I was going to say he never played again, he, he had a go to come back, uh, which was futile because he couldn't stand up uh, Jeff always, being the nice guys he he was, always said that he didn't attach, blame to the guy for the tackle It wasn't a good tackle, it was a career ending one You've got to think of another career ending, which was Tony Green um, which which happened in, in Malcolm's time, um, and you've got to think although yeah. it didn't do the, that sort of damage, that Clements, when he came out and tried to kettle our friend after he'd scored a hat trick <laughs> against Liverpool, was something of a vicious assault on the uh, body at, at the same time, and th- those jumped to mind. Without them necessarily being in the same street as what we've been talking about
1: although Tony Green, that wasn't a tackle Tony Green, his ankle turned um, in a very small divot
2: hole Yeah Evading a tackle, was it, Malcolm? No, no um, Just
1: running with the ball Our attack had broken down and we were running back um to to uh to sort of get into position i was literally two yards from him um slightly behind and and he just sort of lurched to one side and and the crack again it was like a rifle shot um and he he snapped his um achilles tendon i
2: th- i think i think the uh the tackle that finished green. He was the operation, not the actual fact on the pitch, which, wasn't, which yeah. wasn't the best in the world. But uh, certainly Hindley's tackle on Jeff Allen wasn't a good yeah. one. But Jeff always said, being a nice guy, that he, you know, I mean, obviously he didn't see it because it was from behind, but he, he preferred to think that it wasn't malicious. And, and that's good crack. But I mean, in the days when Malcolm was playing, when you had. Uh, Norman and Bite Your Legs Hunt you had uh, Anfield Eye and Tommy Smith And you had Chopper Harris and uh, I mean, every tackle was a potential uh, yes. leg breaker in those days
1: But the worst, the worst of all Was little Johnny Giles
2: Oh, so, naughty, very naughty Oh, yeah,
1: he yeah. was naughty, John Very oh, naughty he, yeah. he would, he would Time it so that so that you've gone through with your action and then boom in he go uh never thinking about the ball he was he just wanted to do players and uh, ooh, yeah he, he no, was
2: i'll tell you malcolm Malcolm, somebody that could be naughty in that side and It wasn't a tackling situation uh, because he played in your position But Sniffer Clark could leave his uh, oh, leg yeah. hanging about Yeah, yeah, absolutely,
1: oh yes he could um, and yeah. I, I saw Sniffer playing for uh, Fulham um, for a long while And uh, he learned very quickly um, that it, it was better to get in first
2: <laughs> yeah, Better
1: retaliation
2: in first Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I, hate, I hate to deal with this, lads But uh, Chip has brought us back to modern day uh, I love talking about yesteryear Because it keeps us off uh, the uh, the problems That we we'll have at SJP at the moment um, If Fulham win on Friday And we lose on Saturday And slip into the bottom three As Malcolm mm-hmm. mentioned earlier Is that the end of Bruce Malcolm?
1: <sighs> well, um, I... I think this is a situation where um, the club is literally staggering, absolutely staggering, um, and, uh, and and the owner doesn't seem to be bothered at all. Um, uh, people say that he, he just doesn't want to pay the um, uh, um, he doesn't want to pay Steve Bruce up, and so he's not going to get rid of him. Put him on gardening leave. Him and his two cohorts. Put him on gardening leave. Let them sit at home. Um, spring's coming. They can and they can start to mow the lawn. Uh, um, and and Ashley has brought in a coach. Jones, let let him maybe get on with it because he can't do any worse. He really cannot do any worse, and uh, that would be my solution um, but uh, I don't know I, I just hope it isn't too late. I really do, and I hope that the players can find some level um, of, of form in which they and they can score a few goals and get us out but and, I, and I'm just going back if I may um to the last match. Please somebody explain to me how Steve Bruce can play a winger center at centre forward and the centre forward outside left. Just what Mike Stewart
0: said on the screen there. Crazy.
1: Please have somebody explain that one to me. Because as soon as I as soon as I saw what was going on an intake of breath, and I was just left open-mouthed. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen anything so stupid on a football field, you know. And it's, and when, and when you see a manager doing that, you know, thoughts run through your head. You know, it's, dear me, you know, is is this sabotage? Why is it? You know, and I'm sure it isn't, but why? Well. What thinking says? Oh yeah, I can uh, play Fraser through the middle. Oh, he'll do well there. No, he won't. He's struggling as it is out in the out in the wing for heaven's sake, where he's played all of his adult life. Um, and and Gail, Gail as a as a left winger. Oh come on, you know it, it, it's it's quite ridiculous. And um, and then. On the, on the other side, there, there's Linton, and behind him, Kraft Kraft needs all the help and cover that he can get as a defender And he's getting nothing, nothing whatsoever from what's in front uh, um, So, if, if it's not sabotage what is it that Steve Bruce is doing, he really ought to explain But he doesn't These press conferences, they, they come, they go And none of us are any the wiser
0: Yeah, it's uh, got everyone yeah, scratching it, their heads, the, head, the John why, why he played why he Fraser played, up front and why he played Gail Wade It looks as if he's certainly going oh. for draws as opposed to wins, John, it's crazy
2: well, absolutely. I mean, he seems to have got this fixation where he changed the setup up front. The three that played up front changed it and it worked at Everton where he moved Callum Wilson slightly to the right to play on, on the right with Almiron playing at 10 and San Maximum on the other slightly narrow up top with Wilson. Now, now, that system may well suit uh, those three guys Wilson, Maximum and Almiren It doesn't suit the rest of the players available to them When you take those three out of the equation For example, it immediately allows you not to start Carroll at all Because Carroll can't operate playing he can't operate as a 10, obviously, because he's in he's in, mm. in your face, centre-forward, having to play between the, the sticks, up front So he can't play right or left side Gale can't play the right side because he wants to be on the last defender going in to finish mm. So the people that are available to him don't fit Because three... Round pegs going three round holes when you've got Wilson, maximum, and and uh, Almerin doesn't mean that by you can rigidly keep that system and put square pegs in, which is which is Gale and and Fraser and the possibility of, of um of etc etc. But you know, just hopping back as well because we're talking about. This killer game with Brighton Hopping back to what was started, guys With that conversation And saying that when we Fulham could put us in the bottom three Before we kick off Mm -hmm. Now looking at Steve Bruce's tactics When we go to Brighton How much is Friday night Going to determine Newcastle United's tactics Because if Fulham beat Leeds and we are in the bottom three Surely it must be on even Steve Bruce that we're beginning to need snookers to stay up And that he's got to win some matches and not just draw them We, we, it's easy to say we've only won two out of 19 But put the other way is what frightens me in seventeen of the last nineteen games, Newcastle haven't won. In seventeen of the last nineteen, they haven't won. Now if we lose it for if we lose at Fulham, if sorry, if Fulham win on Friday night, surely we are in the bottom three, he's got to go for victory at Brighton because that's one of the few chances we've got left. But you know what scares me even more? If Fulham don't win on Friday night, if they draw or if they lose, we'll still be above them by a couple of points And technically we'll have two games in hand over them One of the games will be Brighton the following afternoon And with that situation, Mm. he will not go to win at Brighton He'll go to get a note at Brighton The same as he did at West Brom. And we will long-term regret that Because there's not many more opportunities Going to come up to try to win And if Fulham don't win on Friday night We will not be crossing the halfway line on Saturday night
1: Sure, John, I couldn't agree more with you And, and, and once the Brighton game is over Um Burnley come after Spurs, but then it's another um four teams all in all oh. towards the top. Um yeah. and then Absolutely. Leicester with
2: Leicester, West Ham, Liverpool Arsenal. Leicester, yes. West Ham, Liverpool, Arsenal.
1: That's right. And then at the end of it, at the end of the season, there's Sheffield United um and and Fulham. And um, by then, it could all be over and done with
0: Could be
1: And, uh, and, and it, it has to be you, I think it has to be said You, you look at Brighton And let's remember Back at the, at the beginning of the season Brighton came to St James Park And they gave Fulham uh, Sorry, they gave Newcastle An absolute footballing lesson Absolute footballing lesson Beat them 3-0 Could have been more I don't think Newcastle got a shot on goal um, And were mesmerised by by the way Brighton were playing They're still playing well But they are struggling to score goals um, And and if it, if it just should come down to the wire To the last game of the season And Newcastle need to get something out of it Come on, gentlemen. Who would you fancy? Fulham at home or Newcastle away?
0: Exactly. Yeah, it's a dis, it's it's dismal looking at it. It, it really it, it, is.
1: It really is, and that's that's why. I, I you, once once everything is imploding, you have to make stark changes, and I don't mean to the team. I mean to this to the the setup. And who's in charge uh, um, And and For some reason Mike Ashley Just doesn't seem to want to know At all um, And the The chief executive I'm afraid He's not recognizing It or he's not getting a grip Of the situation He's not saying to the owner I need to do something about this It's almost as if they're happy for it To just drag on And I will say again For heaven's sake Mike Ashley If he doesn't want to pay compensation um, That's in Steve Bruce's contract Put them on gardening leave But do something Time is almost run out
0: yeah, it has And uh, it's a uh, big thanks to Mark Byers Who, uh, after watching the uh, the photograph of uh, John uh, In some rather stunning trousers He's uh, pinged in this beauty uh, With Malcolm uh, at St James's Park Modeling yeah. some trousers himself And another great shirt <laughs> Oh dear
1: There, there you so go to... The name of the you last You can she see was where I Absolutely pub. lovely She was a local model
2: oh, I thought that was Gibbo <laughs> <laughs> well it is actually. You, no, longer hair. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can, can see that. where I got my trousers now, Steve. You can see where I got my trousers, oh, yeah.
0: mate. I and by the like way, it.
2: you've never you've never mentioned the leopard skin little top he's got on there either. You've never mentioned that. <laughs> That's a little bomb, eh? It is, yeah. Well, John,
0: you <laughs> had hair, I had hair. I put this up on Retro Night the other night. I found this belt now. Look at this one. That's me and Mickey Quinn.
2: Oh, bloody hell. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I actually went out live hey, on match of, the, match of the Day with Gerald Sinstad. He interviewed me before Match of the Day. We played Man United at home. We lost 3 2 in the FA Cup. And I went on national TV and said I was Mickey Quinn's brother.
2: Hence, <laughs> hence what's beneath the nose. Hence yeah. <laughs> what's beneath the nose there. <laughs> great
0: stuff! Great. So, big. We're gonna give a shout out great. to the sponsors. Uh, big shout out to Spider VPN, of course, who've uh, been with us this month and last month. Uh, get onto them. Uh, great website, and uh, they can help you with all your internet issues. Make your uh, uh, IP address private, and uh, just have a look at the website. Well worth it in this day of uh, cyber crime. It's well worth investigating. Uh, improving your security with your internet. So, a Spider VPN can help you with that and uh, make you. Uh, web security and your web run a lot better as well. Big shout out as well to Geordie Riffs who are with us this month. Uh, premium guitar lessons for beginners and children, guitar repairs and servicing, recording studio. GeordieRiffs.co.uk is the website and uh, at Riffs official on Facebook. Get onto that Instagram though, they're looking for followers on there, at Jordy Riffs. Uh, big shout out as well to Qtechshop.co.uk John's in the chat tonight as usual uh, The makers of pool tables and snooker tables On Walls End in Newcastle And uh, many many other things But uh, take a, a look at their website And also a big shout out to John Who I was speaking to today from Jab Signature Who uh, puts together our posters And flyers And uh, he's done tomorrow night I know a lot of you like to, to see what the three amigos one is There we go At past five tomorrow night Join me mitch and steve hasty and i'm not sure who that is is that a young ian moons there but the three amigos is back at <laughs> 5:30 for uh, for a couple of hours tomorrow night um also it'll be uh, the last uh, the next clue will come for the uh, get um to win to win their uh, QTEX prize and also, we've got this wonderful prize, which has gone up for the food bank, a chance to fly over Newcastle and fly over St James's Park. Uh, that's currently on my Twitter account at Steve Rave. Uh, being donated by Northeast Flight Academy, every penny that's raised from uh, that particular auction goes to Newcastle's Food Bank and uh, we've raised well over £2,000 for the Food Bank since NUFC matters started last year so uh, please get onto that at Steve Wraith on Twitter, get your bid in and uh, we can uh, hopefully make a few more quid for the Food Bank this week um, yeah, lots lots of comments coming in. Um, you know, we'll go with this one. Gary Hannon says, "Good evening, lads. I've read that Mike Ashley's going to ask Amanda Staveley to buy the club. Whether it's true or not, what do you think, lads? I mean, the takeover, John, won't go away. Arbitration, we know uh, now that the the panel has been set. We just don't really know what's going on. Whether arbitration started, finished, you know, is halfway through. It's it's very frustrating for fans. We've tried to." avoid takeover talk on the show, but it's still there, John. A year later, we still got that potential of a takeover, you know, looming and it could be too little too late. That's the problem.
2: We we do want it to remain there because we then contemplate, Steve, what happens if there isn't a takeover by somebody somewhere along the road. Um so we wanted to be there, but like you two boys, like all the rest of the Newcastle fans I'm getting so frustrated Because I hung my heart Meant, not as a journal So much on the takeover that looked as though it was going to happen a few months back And um, because it was so important I mean, we have got from a situation Whereby X number of months ago We were looking forward to a takeover which in our wildest dreams would put us somewhere close to Manchester City And now we're sitting here in our nightmares Thinking of going into the championship with Mr. Ashley still in charge And Mr. Booth still in charge And that's changed in a few months Now that is hard to take for Jody's. That is desperate to take Especially when we look at down the road Where they get a change of ownership at Sunderland And I don't think they've lost a game since And I know they're, three divis- they're in the third division But they haven't lost a game since They've won a egg cup at, uh, at Wembley, etc, etc But they're going to come up And we've got to try to avoid going down uh, But that's the change that a new ownership made at Sunderland We've been looking for that to happen at a much greater level of, of financial input at Newcastle And we've got to, we will cling to the hope But cynicism sets in eventually Because the whole history of Newcastle United Is that, you know, lucky breaks don't happen to us too often We need it to happen if. There's a reason why we've just got to look at what we're talking about tonight Where Newcastle United are tonight Where they might be by the end of tomorrow night Back in the the 3rd relegation under Ashley To realize that nothing changes By the way, we've talked about the change of manager, etc, etc To try to save us Actually nothing changes long term until we get a change of owner Uh, We might be able to paper over the cracks and keep Newcastle up in the Premier League With a change of manager etc etc But we know that long term nothing changes with this club until we get rid of the owner That is the key and that is why we all cling to the hope of a takeover But it's why we're all cynical Because was why you were cynical? Because Jody dreams don't come true. That's why you were cynical.
0: Yeah, Mal. With you know, when we you know pre-COVID, me and you would spend you know many uh, you know pre-matches in in different bars, the Dog and Parrot, Mm. or you know Filthies in the Big Market, and would talk about you know the you know potential of a takeover, and you know it was something which I was you know fairly confident would happen at some point. You were you know well I believe it when I see it you know like you know it, but here we are you know we've been through a year now of of pandemic not being able to go to St James's Park and it's still going on
1: yeah it, it, it it's it's quite bizarre and I, I I have to say that in the first instance I think that the uh, that uh, the premier league the footballing authorities have got to take a huge amount of blame on this um for 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 sticking the situation in a complete hiatus. Uh, and it just dragged on and dragged on and dragged on. And what the football authorities are, are actually saying is, but we never made a decision. Yeah, well that, that's why nothing happened. You didn't make a decision. Um and, and this is where I think Mike Ashley is going to have a problem with his court case because what is his court case actually about? If the football authorities didn't make a decision um, that interfered with the running of um, Newcastle United and the ownership of Newcastle United so it and and uh, and at the same time legal issues of course um, if if you do go that down that route they take a huge amount of time ordinarily but with lockdown they'll just take forever and a day so i, I really i I'm not sure what Ashley is trying to do on this at all and uh, but at the same time um, he he, he seems to have just completely turned his back on what's happening at Newcastle United Um, and uh, because if he really cared he would have done something by now I'm sure of it he or, or did he not learn any lessons at all the last time uh, Newcastle got relegated where he, uh, he, he sought to appoint Alan Shearer with 10 games to go And everybody was saying, that's not enough, you should have done it long before And then there was dithering and delays and what have you And in the end, Alan Shearer came in um, to try to help the club with just five games to go It was impossible for him, absolutely impossible And... Uh, um, And of course he was going to become a scapegoat In all of it And sadly I I feel that that's what happened But in the situation now Who is really caring About the club Who has any power within St. James Park Because I'm seeing Nothing happening Nothing at all And they're just Going down that slippery slope um, Towards the championship
0: we obviously focus on the first team on here, John. But I mean, there was a, an article in the Chronicle this week, you know, and, and it's it's shameful, really, on, on on the club in general. You know that the academy, um, the reserves, um, you know, they're all underperforming. They're all at the wrong end of the table. I mean, it's uh, it's not just the first team; it's it's the whole club that's in a state of malaise.
2: There's, there's absolutely no question about that at all. Um, The reserves, the under-18s are in exactly the same position or worse than the the first team are And while coaches and clubs will always come up with the old excuse That um, all results at reserve team level and uh, uh, age group level don't matter It's all about the development of the kids One of the simple answers to that is that if you have enough good kids in your academy you won't be bottom of the league Because if you've got quality they, they will drag you away from that position And Newcastle have often been accused in the past Of, of, of not having the strength and depth We've always had this wonderful area The hotbed of football Northeast is a hotbed of football And if you go through the history That is absolutely true This area from the Charlton days all the way through the Waddle Beards in Gascoins to, to Michael Carrick etc etc Has always produced quality players Unfortunately, not all of them have been with Newcastle Off the half, have, they haven't stayed at Newcastle um, Yes, we've got the Longstaffs who, who, who come through But seem to be not flavour of the month now And we could do a whole programme on what Matty Longstaff supposed to have done wrong not to be able to get on the bench now. I tell you what, I cannot understand that under any circumstances. What me, me too,
1: John. Me too. We've
2: got, we've got that situation. We've got a situation where we've got a terrific kid with a real big future called Elliot Anderson, who's the grandson of Jeff Allen, the old Newcastle player. Mm-hmm. He flirted very few weeks back with being on the bench and come on for a couple of games. Now he seems to have disappeared into the woodwork the same as, as the others We don't encourage kids I have heard parents come to me and say be our total Newcastle United fans But we don't want our lad to go into the Newcastle Academy Because he'll not get the, the chance there that he might get in other clubs And what we've got at the moment is the malaise of a football club to such an extent that it's absolutely frightening. From bot, from the bottom right the way through to the top to the first team, um, we've got failures and there's exceptions like the Elliot Anderson, like the long come through. It was it was it before that, but that's not enough. That's not enough for this area. And whoever takes over as the owner of the club. Not the manager of the club The owner of the club Has got to have a huge look Long term At the future of the club Right from the academy Through to the mm. first team And I know it's one of the, the guys on That's running his questions Which is absolutely true Saying, Debo, why will Not changing the manager Not change anything, Steeples It will perhaps change something Now You can save yourself From relegation by changing the manager What I was referring to is that long term We are not going to change anything Long term, if we stay up this season Either with Bruce or without Bruce We are going to face a season next season Which is exactly the same Where we're supposed to give a round of applause When we don't go down That's what next season's going to be And that won't change until Mike Ashley Takes a coach out of town and doesn't come back over the time bridge That's what we need to change that We can save this season with decisive action But we're not going to face anything better next season We've Even when we finished fifth tough under Ashley Which was an absolute unexpected fluke The next season we went straight back to it being a relegation fight all we have to look forward to every season is trying not to go down And then we're supposed to be incredibly grateful when we don't go down Sorry, if we're going to change it, we're going to change more in the manager We're going to change the owner
0: Let's look ahead to the uh, the weekend's fixture. Um, Obviously big, big game. We've mentioned it a little bit tonight already. Newcastle travel to the Amex Stadium on Saturday evening, and uh, it's an eight o'clock kickoff. It is live on Sky Sports. Uh, We obviously head to Sussex without a victory in the last five games. As John mentioned earlier, just two wins in 17 Premier League outings. That's 19 in all competitions. If Fulham beat Leeds at Craven Cottage on Friday, Newcastle will be in the relegation zone for the first time since October 2019. Obviously, we will hear more from Steve Bruce tomorrow about availability. Um, Early news, of course, is that Fabian Shaw, Callum Wilson, Alisson Maximin are still all out due to injury, but there is a possibility of the return of Miguel Almiron, uh, now the Paraguay's World Cup qualifiers have been postponed, which is good news. There's also been plenty of photos doing the rounds uh, of Callum Wilson running um, as he steps up his training, but he certainly won't be considered for this weekend's game. As for uh, Brighton, Solly March, Tarek Lampley, Aaron Connolly, Adam Webster and Florin Andone are all still out. Dan Byrne is doubtful as well. Form as far as Brighton are concerned. Well Graham Potter side have won just once at home in 14 attempts so far this season. A 1-0 Spurs win um, in January that was. Uh, the other 13 resulted in seven draws, six defeats, with the most recent one being two-one losses to Palace and to Leicester. The referee for this weekend's fixtures, Anthony Taylor, which is his second appearance of the season for Newcastle. Uh, he obviously oversaw Uh, The 2-1 home defeat by Leeds United. Um, uh, VAR, our favourite part of uh, football these days, of course, is uh, overlooked by uh, Stuart Atwell. He'll be making the mistakes this weekend. So, Malcolm, (laughs) it's a huge game. Uh, You've already mentioned that Brighton has struggled to score goals, but sods Law, Malcolm. They scored two last weekend. Let's hope they haven't found their shooting boots. How do you see this game going?
1: Well, I can imagine them in the Brighton dressing room going, it's all right, lads, we're playing Newcastle. The goals will come. How is Steve Bruce going to organise his side and what approach are they going to take down there? I honestly believe that a draw is of no real use to us at all. Considering the games that are, that are following this one uh, And Newcastle need to go out and win But I then look back at the performance The last away performance of West Bromwich Albion Oh my word West Bromwich Albion are one of the worst teams I've ever seen in the Premiership And Newcastle work really hard to equal them
0: What's your prediction, then, mate?
1: My prediction is Brighton will win 2 0.
0: Oh, God. I didn't like the sound of that. John, are you any more hopeful? Um, I mean, I mentioned it earlier. Bruce Bruce is pushing for draws here. I've got the impression he feels he can get six, seven draws out of the uh, remaining fixtures, and that's the way that he's going to do it. You know, he seems to have a mindset on that, not to get beat. He's going into games not to get beat. What's your what's your views on
2: this weekend's oh, game? I think I think you're absolutely right. Just just to play devil's advocate as well, one of the things that has struck me long term, if I may mention it, Steve, oh. before we we'll go strictly to the Brighton match. And there's a huge feeling, Steve Bruce. Comes on television at the end of every game And says he's not going to make excuses But then makes excuses And one of the excuses that he regularly makes now Is the one that's very easy to hide behind Well of course we were, we are without our three best players Wilson, Almirin, and San Maximum He says that every time Now two things I want to say about that First is Isn't that wonderful For the players who are left Who have Mm. to rescue his backside and keep him in the Premier League To to hear the manager say, well, the reason we're losing all the time, of course Is because we haven't got these three So, you know, if you're Gale or Carroll or Fraser or Murphy Or any of those guys, you're going to be thrilled to bits With having that stuff down your throat The second is... And I am a great advocate of those three players I do think creatively they're the best three we've got by a million miles But can we get this into perspective? And would Mike Ashley and Steve Bruce please remember what I'm about to say Which is When we had all those three together, we didn't score a barrel load of goals We didn't win a barrel load of matches May I tell you that Almiren has scored in two of Newcastle's last 19 games He scored a double against Southampton and he scored against Leeds He scored in two of Newcastle's last 19 games Wilson has scored in two of Newcastle's last 20 games One was a penalty against Fulham And then the others with a fabulous double at Everton It won the game for us San Maximin has scored one goal in the last five and a half months So how on earth, the minute these guys come out And need to get up to speed uh, physically And I know those figures Are slightly exaggerated because they haven't played in the last four games or whatever But it gives you an idea of how regularly these guys are scoring Of course the greatest hope we've got We need Wilson so badly it leaves you in tears We need Almirans running and we need some maximum tricks. But Wilson scored in two of the last 20 Almiran scored in two of the last 19 And the Saints scored once in five and a half months It isn't nailed on at the minute they come back We sail into a glorious sunset It isn't as easy as that We are in dire, dire trouble And Steve Bruce, I hope you have got this On your computer because I don't think you realise The figures we're talking about I'm sick of hearing you talk about Your saviors, you had your saviors I tell you what, all three might be Better players under a different manager Better players than they are now And they're decent now But they might be even better If they were with Klopp Or if they were with um, Pep But it isn't there Wake up and smell the manure It isn't there it's automatically going to happen when these three guys come back mm. Having well, got us all well, so excited <coughs> I should go <laughs> to the Brighton game and say just before show, You know what we'll do with Brighton? We'll draw And you know why we'll draw? Because we we'll set ourselves out to draw We don't set ourselves out to win And we'll also draw because they can't score goals So they can draw as well The biggest certainty is if we don't get beat will draw and I'll tell you something that ain't good enough
1: it's couldn't, an, agree more, couldn't agree more John uh, couldn't agree more um oh by the way just to answer the, the question that came up, my dog is called billy um,
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> um i'm just but, i'm okay. just surprised and I'm just surprised and grateful Malcolm that it's not called Joe Linton.
1: Oh dear me! No. No. He, he would have sat me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: really uh,
1: but uh, um, one thing that hasn't been mentioned, John, and, and what you were making the points that you were making there were absolutely terrific. But what hasn't been mentioned is that Steve Bruce has now been in in charge of this club for for approaching two years. This is his second season. He was the manager um, in the, between seasons Where he had the opportunity to get players in You get injuries in football You have players missing And you should organise your squad before a ball is kicked So that whatever happens You've got plans B, C, D, E, F And so on and so forth he hasn't done it He really hasn't organized to cover for two or three injuries
0: Yeah, it's a it's yep. a nightmare. I think I think really John summed it up in uh, in in a few words there And it's gone down well in the chat. Wake up Steve mm. and smell the manure <laughs> there That's basically it John <laughs> I think that will. I think that. Let, I think that end up on a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that hey, be on no
1: the. Blame, Steve, no blaming my dog for that.
0: <laughs> you need a big bag for that, Malcolm. <laughs> I think that's going to end up on a T-shirt. It should be on the back page of the Chronicle, John.
1: Oh, wonderful, wonderful, I, wonderful.
2: Yeah, absolutely. right mind, mind you, if you have enough manure, you eventually get the roses to smell. Well, yeah. we should have roses next season, but all we knew in this season. <laughs> Classic, lads.
0: As always, a pleasure to spend an hour with you. Uh, look forward to seeing you next week. Let's just hope we can get three points, lads, and we can all be smiling. But uh, I'll see you next Thursday, guys. Take care. All right. Good
1: God night, bless.
2: everybody. Now, Take care, fellas. Fingers crossed.